I'm Elizabeth. I'm Natalie. And this is Simplicity Beckons Podcast. Listen in as we pursue living intentionally by editing out the things that distract, inhibit, or diminish the very best things in this life. Because we believe in redeeming the beauty of every day and discovering the joy that can be found when you narrow your focus to what really matters. Join the conversation. Because Simplicity Beckons. On today's episode of Simplicity Beckons Podcast, we ring in the new year by chatting with Natasha Thunderberg. Natasha is a NASM certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, and behavior change specialist. Natasha is passionate about health and fitness, but she backs all of that up by sharing very candidly and openly her own personal story of losing 75 pounds and gaining a healthier and more rounded relationship with food. As we swiftly approach 2021, we all know that people are starting to think about New Year's resolutions. And one of the most common ones is surrounding health and fitness. Natasha shares a few very simple and practical tips for making lasting and realistic changes that we can carry far into the new year. Good morning, Natasha. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, ladies? We're good. It's been a little bit of a crazy morning, but hey, we are here. We're finally all together, which is great. Yes. And we're excited to get to chat with you. Why don't you just kind of give us the rundown on you and your family and what you've got going on? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, some days I don't even know what I have going on, but I think that's probably the theme of the year. Um, Mm. But no, uh, so my name is Natasha. Um, I am a boy mom. Um, I live in Iowa and we woke up this morning to our first snow of the season. So we were Uh. excited and I was bummed because I hate the snow, but I live in Iowa and I've lived here my whole life. So there's not a whole lot I can do about that except accept it and move on. Um, but no, so I am actually, I'm a freelance writer. Um, I do a lot of ghost writing for a lot of fitness and health and wellness brands. Um, so chances are, if you are someone who reads a lot of the stuff online from some pretty well-known people, you've probably read my words before. Um, and I am also a personal trainer and nutrition coach. So I get to work from home, which is really exciting and really great, especially this year. Um, And I get to kind of dabble in a lot of different things. I help uh, a lot of women kind of overcome behavioral change to make better habits and help them lose weight if that's their focus or develop healthier relationships with food. And then I also get to do a lot of writing in that same genre. So kind of have my hands on a lot of different things. That's so great. I know... um... We here at Simplicity Beckons, we're really big on embracing personal stories and using them just as a way to connect and empower each other. And I know some of the things I've seen that you've done kind of is you sharing and opening up about your personal journey um, and just, uh, you know, particularly with food and nutrition. And you've just been really open about that. So we were hoping today that you could just share with us a little bit more about your story. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one thing that I always like to start off and stress with my clients, like I I didn't grow up an athlete. Like I was never thin. I was never fit. 
Um, I was always very shy growing up and I was always the kind of person that, you know, my goal every day when I was a kid and when I was in high school, when I was at school was to just kind of go unnoticed. Like I thought if I could make it through my day and no one saw me or no one spoke to me or no one even noticed I was there, I'd be fine. Um, and it's not, you know, I still kind of struggle with where that came from. I was never really picked on. Um, you know, there were a couple mean girls here and there that, kind of stand out in my mind with instances, but it's not like it was a daily occurrence, but I just, I didn't want to be noticed. And, um, I didn't want to go out for sports. I didn't want to join anything because if I did that, people would know I was there. And I know that kind of sounds ridiculous, but that was my mentality growing up. And I always loved food. I, I can sit here now and be honest. I still love food. If you said, let's go grab a plate of nachos and an ice cream sundae, I'm going to be like, let's do it. <laughs> that sounds phenomenal. Um, but it was a problem because I didn't have a healthy relationship with loving food. For me growing up, food was my comfort. And, you know, when you're a child, you don't realize that. You just really want to eat an entire bag of Doritos because it tastes good and it made you feel better. And you don't know why it made you feel better. And so I, I, always, I always had that problem growing up. I never really had the best role models in my family for what health and fitness should be. Um, you know, I, I'm very close with my mom, but I remember my was, she was always trying a new fad diet and, and when it wouldn't work right away, she would jump to the next one. And, you know, she always kind of struggled with her self-esteem too. And I think a lot of that rubbed off on me. I was an only child and my mom was a single mom. And so I kind of looked to her and looked to her behaviors and started to adopt the same things. Mm -hmm. Um, but it wasn't until I was about 19 um, that things got really bad with my relationship with food. Um, I actually was sexually assaulted and I never told anyone. I actually um, never told anyone until a couple years ago, truthfully. And I don't talk about it very often. And I never know how I'm going to feel when I talk about it. Sometimes I'm completely fine and you would think, oh gosh, she's handling it well. And then other times I just, I totally break down and when it happened when I was 19, I didn't fully grasp what had happened. I didn't fully mm -hmm. understand that I had been assaulted. I thought that it was my fault. I thought that I had done something wrong and I didn't want anyone to know. And so what comforted me during that time of dealing with all of those emotions was the one thing that I'd always loved and the one thing that had always made me happy and that was food. <laughs> and so I... I dove into that one thing that made me happy and I, I gave it all I had. And I remember I would wake up in the morning and I heard somebody explain this recently. And I thought, yes, that's exactly how I felt. I would wake up and it would almost be like I was a drug addict looking for that next fix. Because the minute I opened my eyes in the morning, the first thing I thought about was, okay, what can I eat? And I would be frantic and I would feel out of control until I had that food in front of me and I would shove it in my face as fast as I could, getting that fixed. And then it was like I could breathe for a minute. And then it was like, okay, when do I get my next one? And so I would go about my day all day planning all of my activities, all of my classes, my job at the time around when I could eat and how much I could eat. And so I ended up gaining a lot of weight. And it wasn't even so much about the physical aspect of how I looked. It was more about how I felt. I felt horrible all day, every day. I would eat until I was physically sick. And sometimes I would get sick and make myself sick if I felt guilty for how much I had ate. And that caused a whole world of problems. And I did this for most of my college experience. Um, 
until one day I just, I woke up and I realized if I kept living this way, I was going to die. And so I remember at the time I was at nursing school and I had a job at the hospital and and my days were pretty packed, but I would come home from school at the end of the day. And I lived in an apartment complex at the time. And we had a gym, if you can call it that, at my apartment complex. It was one room that was probably about the size of a closet and it had an ancient elliptical in there and an ancient bike. I think those were the only two things in there and an old TV. And I would walk from my apartment across the complex every day to this gym And I would get on the elliptical for five minutes. And at the end of the five minutes, I thought I was going to die. (laughs) I could not breathe. I was so out of breath. And I remember thinking, if I can just make it five minutes, that will be a win for today. Mm -hmm. And so I would do five minutes and then I would walk back home. And I did that every day until I built up to 10 minutes and then 15 until I was going for an hour at a time watching the bad TV shows that were on there. And then I would walk back. And that was kind of the start of my journey and, and, and what helped me start making the changes that I needed to in my life to lose weight and feel better about myself and know that, you know, what happened to me was something that I could overcome. I feel like that is such a powerful story that so many people can relate to, you know, like there's so many different nuggets that you shared that people I think often have like this unhealthy relationship with food, like you said, and they don't even realize that they have an unhealthy relationship with food. But I love that you just like, once you realized it, you took the small steps. It wasn't like you tried to do this crazy, like 90 day, I'm going to just jump in and work out for an hour and a half every day. Like (laughs) it was just like the five minutes and then let's go from there. Yeah. And I think too, you know, I mean, before that, I mean, that's just kind of like the quick overview. Like I had tried, I knew that I had gained a lot of weight. Uh, I got to the point where I stopped getting on the scale because I didn't like the numbers I was seeing and I was embarrassed. And, you know, I was at the point too, again, mean girl mentality, but people were calling me names. People were commenting on my size and I couldn't fit into clothes. And, you know, you're in college and my friends all went out all the time. And so I was drinking more than I should have. And I was staying out later than I should have. And, that would kind of spiral into eating more than I should too at that time. And it just, I felt bad. And I tried so many diets and I tried so many fads and I tried so many things to get me to lose weight. And the minute something didn't work, I'm like, well, this is a waste of time. Why am I doing this? I'm going out tonight. I'm getting nachos. I'm going to go out with my friends and I would do it again. You know, I would say I'm starting over. And I didn't, I thought that because I wasn't genetically gifted in Mm. aesthetics or appearance or gym performance or ability that I was a lost cause. And that's completely false and totally the wrong mindset to have. But, you know, hindsight is 2020. There's so many things I think we all wish we could tell our younger selves, but I didn't have somebody at that time that I could look to and, and kind of say, Hey, how did you do it? Or how did you make it work for you? I just assumed it's not going to work for me. And I started and stopped more times than I could count before I finally just got tired of that process and thought, I don't know if this is going to work, but I need to do something because I can't keep living the way I'm living. I think that's really powerful. And I think it's going to be a great encouragement to people listening in because kind of just a theme that has been resonating with me lately is that just because you haven't yet doesn't mean you won't, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think, you know, you have a a success story that you can talk about now about these changes that you've made that have made a positive 
impact on your life, but there was a time where you felt like you tried everything and you still, you still hadn't gotten there yet. So I think that that, that's just a really powerful encouragement that it's like, okay, you may have tried 50 things, but it doesn't mean that, that you're a lost cause. It doesn't mean that you're not going to, you know, reach the goals that you would like to with your health. And that kind of leads me into another thing that I wanted to talk about. I feel like with the new year, you know, everybody's going to lose weight. Everyone's going to start a diet. And, you know, we have all these resolutions and goals that we set for ourselves. But I think what often happens is that we get too ambitious. We get too much going and it's not realistic and it's not setting us up for long-term success. So what kind of advice do you have? I mean, you shared a very personal story of like literally five minutes each, each day that turned into an hour, you know, what, what advice would you have for someone who's wanting to start establishing realistic habits for eating better and exercising? And, you know, what are a few simple steps that they could start implementing that you think would set them up for ultimate long-term success? Absolutely. Well, you know, it's, it is the time of year. And somebody just asked me the other day, one of my clients actually sent me a message and she said, are you setting a new year's resolution? And I said to her, well, if I am, are you, and if I don't, are you not like, you know, where's this question coming from? And it really had me thinking like, I was the queen of new year's resolutions because I think we, we love the idea. And I, I am generalizing. I know not everyone's the same, but I think we are drawn to the idea of a fresh start. And we are drawn to the idea of getting to be the narrator of our story. And I think we look at a new year as a chance to start over and we can, you know, push all of our mistakes behind us. And we have this blank page in front of us and it's our opportunity to do whatever we want with it. And I love that thought too. I mean, that's exciting. That makes me excited right now, just thinking about it. But I think the problem with that is we do, we put so many expectations on ourselves to get it right this time Mm -hmm. and to make it work and to do all of the things that we lose sight of why we wanted to make a change in the first place. Um, I wish I'd written this down. I just read somewhere recently. I think it said something like, you know, weight loss or health and nutrition or fitness related resolutions account for like 80% of the new year's resolutions every year. And only about 6% of people can say that they stuck to that new year's resolution and, and, and reached their goal within the year. And if we look at our entire population, that's what really, that's not a very impressive number as far as success rates. And I kind of started thinking like, well, why do so many people fail? And I looked at myself as an example, you know, I lost 75 pounds myself through trial and error through learning how to feed my body in a way that worked for me, not a fad, not what everyone else was doing, and through finding movement and ways to exercise that I enjoyed that didn't mm-hmm. feel like a punishment. Mm-hmm. And if I would have looked at the time and said, okay, Natasha, you need to lose 75 pounds. Let's do it. I would have started thinking about all the things that I would have had to do to reach that goal. I would have started thinking about counting the calories and all the things I couldn't eat and all the things I was supposed to eat and how many minutes or hours of exercise. Like you kind of made a comment a minute ago, like I didn't just dive right in with an hour and a half of exercise every day. Um, I started small. And I I think if, if I would have focused on the number 75 pounds, it would have been too much for me. 
And I would have failed automatically because instead of focusing on the small goals or the small ways to get there, again, all of the things would have overwhelmed me and I would have quit a weekend or two days in or a month in because it would have been too hard. So I think instead what people should do is start small. Don't even wait for the new year. Don't wait for January 1st. Start today. Like what's something that you could do today that would make you healthier than you were yesterday? Or, you know, maybe your goal isn't even weight related. You know, it's easy for me to talk about the health and fitness aspect because that's what I do. Um, but, you know, maybe, maybe you want to go back to school. Okay, well, maybe you can't enroll in a class today, but why don't you research the programs that you want to be part of today mm. or make a list? You know, what is it that you're looking for out of these courses that you want to take? Um, don't make it this big event because when we make it this big thing, the pressure will crush us. Instead, start adopting these things that you can do every day to get you closer. Um, I wrote a blog post not all that long ago that talks about habits. And and, and it was actually, it came from another podcast I listened to, and it really stuck with me. And it talked about, you know, how to make a habit stick. And there's all this talk that in order to adopt a new habit or to make it work for you, you know, you need to give it 21 days or you need to give it 28 days and then that habit's yours. And I think that's such a, a, a bad way to talk to people about habits because then you're putting it in your mind, oh, I can just keep doing it for three more weeks. Like I've got it. And I don't, I don't think that should be it. I think instead in order to, to change your habits and to reach a goal, I think they just, they need to follow three steps, honestly. I think the habit should be simple it should be easy enough that you can do it without fail. And sometimes that is as small as filling up a water bottle the night before you go to bed and putting it in the fridge because you want to drink more water. Okay, so tomorrow I'm going to reach for that water bottle versus my diet soda that's right next to it in the fridge. That's a simple habit, a simple thing that you can do every day without fail. Um, you know, your habits should be easy. They should be something you enjoy. And this is something that I talk to my clients about too. They'll, they'll say, well, what's the best exercise you can do for weight loss? I don't care what the best exercise mm-hmm. quote unquote is for weight loss. I want to know what do you enjoy? Are you somebody that enjoys yoga? Do yoga as often as you want. Do you enjoy going for walks or for running? Go do those things. You know, it's not going to make sense for you. If you are somebody that hates running, I would never tell you to go for a run. I don't care if running is great for your heart or if it's a great cardiovascular exercise or if it'll help you burn calories. If you detest running, you're never going to stick with it and you're never going to see results because you don't enjoy it. So the habits that you're trying to implement, they should be easy enough that you can do them without fail. Even if they're laughably simple, they should be something you enjoy and they should be something that align with your vision. You know, back to that, that running example, if you hate running, don't join a running club. But if you, if you love, you know, lifting weights, buy maybe a set of dumbbells and learn about, you know, the things that you can do at home if you can't make it to a gym right now because of COVID, you know, do those things that are going to set you up for success and just do a little bit every day. Start, you know, looking at your day and, and, and you know, finding ways that you can implement one small step a day versus making it this huge thing. And then the last thing I would say about that is, you know, back to myself, if, if, if I would have looked at 75 is the number, I didn't know I needed to lose 75 pounds. I just knew I needed to make a change. But if I would have thought I need to lose 75 pounds and only focused on that, I would have been discouraged every time I lost one pound because to me, one wouldn't have been very much. And so I think if people can break down their big goal 
into smaller goals that ultimately lead to that big goal, they will celebrate the small wins more often mm. and it will help them accomplish the big one. Because, you know, if, if my goal initially was to lose five pounds, I would have been so excited once I hit that first five pound mark. Great. I can celebrate this. I can move on. What's my next goal? My next goal is to lose another five pounds. Let's do this. And if you can break it down into smaller things that you can accomplish and celebrate along the way, it's going to help you stick to that, that long-term goal and you're going to get there. Hearing you yeah. talk about goals and um, New Year resolutions, like I feel like you are describing me. <laughs> like I am that person that like in my head, I'm like, okay, I have to do it for 21 days. And then it's like the first day that I forget to do it or it doesn't happen. I'm like, I'm a failure. I have to wait until next year. Like, mm-hmm. and I get in this like mindset and it's like so challenging. And I know this year in particular, I'm about to have a baby right near the beginning of the year. And so it's hard for me because I do like put on this like pressure of, okay, well, I've gained this much weight in pregnancy and now I have to get it off in this time frame. But it's just so refreshing to be reminded of right when I get home from the hospital, I don't have to like start focusing on that right away. I just need to be focusing each day on like one small daily thing to be healthier than I was the day before. And I know a lot of people listening are probably going to be encouraged by that because I think there's something about 2020 and we just, it's like, there's so much buildup and pressure now of like, okay, well, January 20, January 1st, we're going to leave all of 2020 behind. And that's just not how it works. <laughs> like, it's just going to be another day. And like, we just have to get the mentality instead of thinking it's going to be like a magic fix at midnight. Absolutely. And you know, I was thinking about this as I was walking my son to school. We are, we're, oh, I don't know if lucky is the right word. We are someone that's still in a hybrid model. So he still gets to go to school a couple of days a week. Um, but I was thinking about this. There is no right time. And I hear mm. it too so often from my friends and my family and, and, and you know, people I talk to and my clients, well, I'm busy right now. So I'll start when things slow down or I'll yeah. start, you know, when the kids are back at school full time and, you are always going to be in a busy season of your life, whether you realize it or not. Those seasons will change and and your definition of busy and what you have going on will change. But I think about it too. You know, I used to say like, you know, I lost all this weight before I had my son and then I got married and I got pregnant and I gained a lot of weight during my pregnancy and, and had to kind of do it all over again. And I remember thinking those things again, the second time through, like, I can't do it right now because I have a newborn and I'm tired and he needs me. So when he's a toddler, I'll start hmm. well, when you get to the toddler phase, you're a whole new set of busy. <laughs> and then you think, well, when he gets to school, well, great. When they start school, you're a different kind of busy. Like there will yeah. always be a busy season of your life. And if you're not careful, you're going to wait until the kids are at college or you're retired. And then it's like, you had all these years to do the thing you wanted to do and you didn't do it. And you're always going to be a new kind of busy. So it's, it's learning to figure out how to adapt what it is you're wanting into your life. And I think this year was a great example. Like none of us could have ever anticipated that this year was going to happen the way that it did. And we can't change how it happened and we don't know what the future looks like. And, you know, it could go so many different ways, but I think one thing about this year that really opened up my eyes is I don't want to look back on my life and think I didn't go after the things I wanted, or I didn't do the things that made me happy. 
for reasons such as I was tired or I was busy or I was scared. You know, I, I, if I go after something and I fail, that happens, but I want to know that I went after it with all that I had, regardless of all the other things going on. And I think as moms, it's so important for us to model that for our children too. Like Mm -hmm. when I think of my son, who's three, I went through the same thing when I first had him. It was like, why can't lose this weight when he's a baby and now as a toddler. And, and I mean, finally one day it clicked and I was able to kind of just jump on board and get healthy. But I know when I have this baby, you know, the second child, it's going to be the same process, but I don't want him to see that modeled either. You know, like I want my children to be able to see the importance of health and not necessarily the fad diet or Mm. it's January 1st. So this is what we do for the month of January, but instead be able to live out that life and not even realize it, like just grow up in a household that that's just what they know from day one. And just, they have a healthy relationship with health, I guess. And it's, you know, it's, it's so much about finding that balance because You know, I talk a lot about weight loss, but it's not even so much if you need to lose weight for health reasons, or if you want to lose weight to feel better about yourself, like I applaud all of those things, no matter who you are, but it's you, you hit the nail on the head. It's about being healthy because it's your health. You know, you, you want to feel good about yourself, both physically and mentally. And, you know, for me too, I was so focused. I'm I'm not going to lie. It felt good to see those numbers go down on the scale. It felt good to be a size I had never been before. You know, there was, there was an excitement that came along with that. And, and I'm not ashamed to admit that I felt that way, but I still at that time was battling with, you know, just so much shame about what I had gone through, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it was finally when I, when I started to look at my body, not so much as how much I weighed, but what it could do is when I started to have a better relationship with myself and a better relationship with food. And, you know, I didn't look so much more at the number on the scale, but my body grew my child and gave birth, which blows my mind still to this day that, I didn't just like explode. I, they did it, you know, like I actually did it and I'm here to talk about it. You know, I look, at that, <laughs> I look at the fact that I couldn't even walk around my college campus, you know, when I was at my heaviest and I ran a half marathon last year, you know, and it, I didn't run it fast. I was toward the bottom of the list, but I did it. And I think if we can start celebrating our bodies and looking at what our bodies can do, that is half the battle. And then I think it kind of shifts to that mindset. You know, it's not so much, oh, I need to lose weight or I'd like to lose weight, but Hey, I'd really like to learn how to run or I'd like to do a half marathon or I'd like to, you know, learn how to lift a barbell or, you know, even you can focus on what your body is capable of doing. I think for so many people, that's when you will start to also see the results that you want because it's totally a mindset shift and you're looking at yourself in a different way. And then results kind of have a way of following when, when you magically make that shift too. Mm -hmm. Recently, I had someone telling me that the big shift for them, like pursuing being healthier was that they just decided, okay, the only thing I can put on my plate right now is to stop drinking soda. So Mm -hmm. like they started just not having a soda at lunchtime and they still had their one at dinner or whatever. And then Mm -hmm. they noticed that they weren't so draggy in the afternoon anymore, Mm -hmm. you know? So that was what started it. And then like 
no more soda at all. And then it started being like, well, that makes me feel so good. Maybe I can get a walk in or, you know, like it's just the ball starts rolling and it's a snowball effect of, you know, feeling better. And I think that is going to ultimately have the most long-term success because you're starting from a place of like just little bits of success that you can see affect your life. And then it's like, you can go for those bigger goals. Absolutely. I love that. It it doesn't have to be this big thing, you know, make it something you can do like, like the cutting out the one soda a day or, you know, or something like that. And then don't be afraid to celebrate that as a win. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, look what I did. I only had, you know, five sodas this week instead of 10 or, you know, whatever it would be like, Mm -hmm talk yourself up and tell yourself good job and and celebrate those things along the way, because there's something about it in our brains. Like we want that recognition, even if it doesn't come from anyone else. And we want that feeling of accomplishment. And if we can acknowledge the fact that, Hey, this was hard and I did it go me. We're going to continue doing those things. You're right. Like, Hey, you know, I'm going to go for a walk today or I'm going to, you know, ride my bike to work instead of driving, you know, something like you're going to be more likely to make those small shifts if you feel better about the changes you're making. And if you're proud of yourself, like celebrate the wins. And when you think of it that way, there's so many little things that you can be celebrating. Like, yeah. You find something, there's lots of little things. I love Maybe that. there's, there's something you've already been doing mm-hmm. that you can be like, Oh, like I do feel better when I don't do this or I do feel better when I walk to the mailbox instead of, you know, just stop by on the way home or whatever, you know. Absolutely. And, you know, if you're a mom and you have kids, like those are little things that you can teach the kids to do with you. Like, hey, we're going to walk down to the mailbox today. Who can carry, you know, the most mail back? Because if you're like me, our mailbox is down the street and I only check it like once a week. And so Jack and I honestly can't carry it myself. But my son thinks it's so fun to ride his scooter and beat me down to the mailbox. And then he wants to try to carry all of like the stuff back home, even though he drops it the whole way, you know, but making it this like fun little thing for them. They're going to remember a fun time with mom, first of all, which is always a win you're going to entertain them for a couple minutes, which is another win. And then you're teaching them like the fun of going out and being active, even if it's something as simple as walking down to the mailbox or riding your scooter on. What is something you're simplifying right now? And maybe like, how has it positively impacted your life? I don't know if this would count as simplifying. I, so I'm really good at sitting here saying, do as I say, but then I'm go, 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 go. You know, I need to kind of take my own advice sometimes and, and give myself a little grace. But right now I, I am trying to just simplify my daily routine. I am trying to find the beauty in letting things pile up. Um, mm-hmm. I am somebody who is very guilty of having a to-do list and needing to cross off everything on my list at the end of the day in order to feel accomplished. And you are in I good company. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. It gives me so much anxiety and stress. And I can recognize this about myself, but I don't change it. So, so right now I am trying to simplify my to-dos every day. And I am trying to put my phone down at the end of the afternoon, take a break from it to be with my phone. And I'm trying to be okay with letting the laundry pile up. And I'm just trying to not put so much pressure on myself to make this a really great Christmas because I feel like because it's been 2020, I need to make this the best Christmas ever for Mm -hmm. our son. And um, 
I'm trying not to do that, even though that's how I feel. I, I'm trying to just have a good Christmas, you know, and, and not have it be the best ever and, and have the cleanest house and all my laundry put away. So I'm, I'm trying to simplify my to-do list, if that counts. A hundred percent. Yes. Like, in fact, I think that maybe for all of the people present here right now, that may be the most important thing that we need to simplify. Because I feel like we're right there with you. It's like, well, can we have a good Christmas morning if there's a pile of laundry at the end of the hall? Yes, we can. <laughs> well, obviously, because that pile of laundry probably doesn't bug anybody else in your house or it would have been put away by now, right? Right. Obviously. The only one bugging is me. <laughs> no one else cares. It's so funny. It's so true, too. It's like we get so hung up on these things and we talk a lot about ideals and how ideals do not, like, I don't feel like simplicity and ideals, they can't go together. Like we have to pick, we have to pick what's most important. And if we're grumpy at our family on Christmas morning, because there's a pile of laundry, then that's going to affect them, you know? And I don't know. I just feel like that is an absolutely wonderful thing to be simplifying, especially in 2020, especially in December. Well, that seals it. I'm not doing laundry this weekend. So thank you for, thank you for that. <laughs> Love it. Oh, thank you, ladies. I'm really glad that you had me on. I enjoyed this. Thank you for sharing your heart and being so honest about your story, because I really feel like, I feel like almost anybody listening could identify with some aspect of it because we're all just, we're all on the same road to being better just a little step at a time. So we just appreciate your time and your heart for your story. Thank you. I think the one thing that I can say is, you know, my story may look different from somebody else's, but I think we all can relate at some point. You know, you can't let your circumstances define your worth, define your worth. And if you can't, you know, separate yourself from that, regardless of what your story is or what your heartache might be. I I think that is, that's the big key that a lot of people are missing sometimes. I'm sure most people listening can relate to some or maybe a lot of what Natasha was sharing, whether it's from her story or maybe the way that you view health and fitness. I know I personally could relate and I really appreciated Natasha's approach on simplifying health and simplifying the way we view nutrition and our bodies. So as we approach the next few days, many of us will be creating New Year's resolutions and thinking ahead to 2021 and all of the things that we may want to change from 2020, which I know there are probably a lot of areas we're hoping will be different this next year. But I just wanted to remind you of what Natasha shared a habit should be as you are thinking of your New Year's resolutions. Try to make sure they stay simple. So something that she said was easy enough to do without fail, like filling up the water bottle the night before. The next thing she listed off was make sure it's something you enjoy. And I could really relate to this. She said the best exercise of weight loss is something you enjoy. And I know so often I feel like I have to force myself to do a certain exercise or a certain type of program just because that might be what I'm hearing on social media or seeing other people do, but really it's important to find something 
active that you enjoy participating in. And then the last thing she shared was find something that aligns with your vision. So it should go hand in hand with what you want to accomplish. And I just was really encouraged by that. And I know it's challenged me with the way I'm viewing some of my resolutions for this year. And just trying to start simple, you know, and start small and attainable. So if that's doing something five minutes a day, or even just filling up the water bottle the night before, just making each day healthier than the day before. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. I hope you are enjoying the holiday season with your family. And I just want to wish you a happy New Year's.